Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. And welcome back for Hour 3 this morning of Rosie on the House. Every Arizona homeowner's happy place every single Saturday morning where we put our team together to work for you. We're here to answer any question you have about your house, home, castle, or cabin. No matter where you are in the state of Arizona and no matter how long you've been here, you're a brand new arrival or been here all your life, give us a ring at one 767 4348 I have been building and remodeling here in Arizona since 1972. All corners of the state. Kind of, I kind of lost a little tear driving home from Las Vegas yesterday. A building I actually helped remodel 30 years ago, burned to the ground. Up in Wikiup. In Wikiup, Arizona. Oh, the... There wasn't much there to begin with. (laughs) The motel, the four rooms in the back survived, five rooms, whatever it is. But... uh, That town does not look the same without that building. That's all there was. With with the concrete teepees and whatnot. Uh, But we went across the street and filled up with gas, and there's Mudgy's daughter right there. Uh, uh, I I guess they rebuilt across the street or something, but... uh, I've. the point is, I've built and remodeled in, in Bouse, in Wikiup, in Flagstaff, uh, in Sonoida, Elgin, in Tucson, in uh, Eager, Springerville, Alpine, Nutrioso, all the secret uh, honey, honey hole favorite spots of Arizona. So no matter where you are, if you can hear this broadcast, we're on multiple stations throughout the state, give us a ring and I'll... I'll help you with whatever it is you're trying to get done. It's a toll-free call, one 767 4348 I was trying to think what place you never built at, and it hit me. Oatman. I've not, built, I've, 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 I've not driven a nail or put an inch of caulk down in Oatman. In and, and the boroughs thank you for that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't <laughs> or want... you could build them a shelter. That's yeah, yeah, something you can think about. I could. I could. That is one place I have not uh, built or remodeled, Oatman, Arizona. We invite you to call. We've got a lot of material we want to cover here. But let's see if we can get to the calls first. Let's bring David into the conversation and see how we can help David at Casa de David. All right, David. Go ahead, sir. Hey, young Rosie, how you doing? Good, man. Real good. What you up to this Saturday morning? It's a beautiful hey. Saturday morning, man. Not too much. Just just got back from the farmers market. Okay. And so, so I got a question. So, uh, my house is about twenty years old, and uh, the doors are starting to get kind of. Um, little bit of space underneath of them my garage door the rubber on the bottoms weren't kind of worn out and i got the back door painted last year and i don't think they put the um, put the seals back in really good um who would i call to get those things done because when you google it it tells you to call these insulation companies and i don't think they're going to come out and do something as small as doors where where are you david um uh, valley Oh, man. 
I love Santan Valley, but our referral network doesn't have a lot of people that will go quite that far. But you know, I, I they're not handyman connection. Handyman connection might, um, and they're not on our website yet because he was at the kitchen and bath oh, that's show. Right. But uh, Regal Kitchen and Bath, a general contractor in that East Far East Valley, will be joining the network here in the next uh, week or two, and they might have some resources for. I don't know, as a general contractor, they might not do that, but, you know, a general contractor is a great source for other local subcontractors that they might use for yep. trim carpentry. So we will get you, uh, you know, we'll, we'll check with uh, Jim over at Regal Kitchen and Bath, and, uh, but there's also Handyman Connection. Like I said, I don't, I don't know if they go all the way out to Santan. Uh, they have before, but it, what, what they like to try and do is encourage you that if I'm coming out to adjust weather stripping, let's see if we can't put four or five things together on a list that once our guy gets out there, you know, when was the last time you pulled the washer and dryer out and cleaned the floor back there real good? When's the last time you had somebody help you pull the refrigerator out and clean the coils in the back and, you know, come up, come up with four or five things they can do while they're there. It's a economy of scale. One, you know, one if I'm way. coming out of here, find, find four more things for me to do. <laughs> That phone number, you want it? 602-424-6700. Perfect. And, Jennifer, you have a text question that I think they're actually on the line right now. Uh, They've called in. Octavio. Yes. (laughs) I have Octavio's written question as well. We saw your your question come in during the week, but here you are live on the show. Good morning. Yes. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm looking for a trust technician. Um, a while back, more than 10 years ago, I have a company that is in air conditioning, and I don't know nothing. I'm an accountant, so, uh, you know, I trust that the work was done correctly and everything else. Now, here to find out five years later, I have one of the maintenance companies come and say, I'm not working in your attic because they, the trust were cut. And I say, okay, well, I have no idea. So I contacted the company that did the installation, and supposedly they sent somebody and fixed it, and I trusted them. Here to find out, years later again, another uh, the maintenance people say, you know, I found, you know, there is an issue with the air, air conditioning, but I don't know that we can re- fix it or replace it because there is an issue with your trust okay. uh, in your attic. And he referred Say you need to contact the structural engineer, which I did. Okay. Oh, good. And he did a report for me, but the person that this guy recommended came and looked at it and didn't want to do the job for me for whatever reason. Okay. So I'm looking for a referral for a trust technician so they can fix that in my attic so that if I need a new air conditioning put in or a repair to the current one I have. and, And where are you, Octavio? I'm in Sunny Slope. Okay. Oh, that's easy. Okay. Yeah. Um, since you've already here's 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 what I would do. I would take the engineering report and I would draft a letter to the air conditioning contractor that cut the trusses. Are they still in business? Well, yes, they are. Oh, good. Oh, good. 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 Okay. Um, uh, I'll give you the, the name of a man that lives right by Sunny Slope, Fred Wilshire. Uh, and you can call Fred, and he and his son, Fred and Freddie, uh, and Danny 
can come over and um, and get that taken care of. It is kind of a pain because you have to hand plywood up into the attic and you you know it's kind of tight and you're getting those plywood sheets up there and then you're nailing it according to the engineer's nailing pattern uh but it is all doable but i would uh it 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 might be worth the price of a call to an attorney and ask them could you please write a letter to this air conditioning company and tell them we're interested in pursuing damages for latent defects and, and just see if you get a response out of them. Uh, latent defect is a part of the construction law that has no um, uh, no sunset law. There's no, it, 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 if it's a latent defect uh, in the registrar contractors, we can apply to the registrar for a, a, up to two years review. Uh, and then they will decide whether it was done right or wrong. And that's as far as we can get with workmanship standards. But something like this is a blatant and latent defect. Uh, and if you can get their attention with a letter from an attorney, uh, I, th- I, I would send them certified mail, receipt requested, and I would do that. But in the meantime, you can get a hold of Fred Freddie and have him come over and take a look and get you an estimate for that. You can find them at rosieonthehouse.com. Plug in your zip code to the search engines for referral contractors, the number one contractor referral network in the entire state, and just type in handyman. And you will or scroll the category down to handyman, and you'll get two right there. The Wilsh, which is what he calls his company, and Handyman Connection. Give old Freddie a call and see if he can get over there and take a look at it. <laughs> but I... Uh, but I'd still write that letter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, speaking of terms of writing a letter, a texture just texted in the, a new home they're buying. The granite countertop was broken, and it looks like they tried to hide it. And he wants to know if he should ask for a new one. Absolutely. There's no reason to— In writing. Uh, to, to move forward. I mean, I, I know that hurts. Somebody's going to have to eat that, but it shouldn't be you. You're not paying for a countertop with a big old split right down the middle of it. I really appreciate the fact he sent in a picture, too, because it is quite—I showed it to Rosie as well. It's quite a significant uh, crack. You don't have to settle for that. No. No, no, no. We, we've gotten You're paying jokes, too yeah. much for your home to mess. We've gotten those questions before and actually found out it was the miter cut at the corner. <laughs> I thought, well, no, you have to live with the miter cut. That's <laughs> the only way. But this is a—the picture really helped. I mean, it is a crack. So uh, at this point, I, do we need— Go to a quick break. Well, let's. I think we could hand, uh, handle Maryland real quick. Uh, the easy question, easy answer. Maryland, go ahead. Hi, I have a house that was built in '78, and the woman before me put those pavers in the front of the house rather than the gravel. It faces west. My driveway is still concrete, so in the summer, the pavers get hotter than the concrete as well as the fact that they stay hot clear till the next morning, whereas the concrete, most of the heat dissipates because it's still connected to the earth. But the pavers are must they're laid in concrete as well as, you know, sand in between. So I'm just saying to kind of caution where you're putting these pavers, unless there's something I can coat them with, like, you know, that pool surround that people say is much cooler to walk on. 
I would really like to do that. I did plant a couple of trees, but the last guy that pruned them decided that they should be pruned up like six feet. So there went a lot of the, the shade, shade. <laughs> on the tree. Well, <laughs> I told him just take it off the top, but he took in, it on the bottom. Uh, Marilyn, in 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 your case, uh, I, I would not coat the pavers with anything. Uh, as a matter of fact, when we were talking about hard surfaces and how much I love pavers, I made a comment that I especially like the lighter colored pavers so they don't create a heat sink. Let's get the pavers you've got shaded. I would not apply anything to the top of the paver. Yeah. And new pavers today, they have what they call imperial, imperial pavers. Now, it's a big install, and you got to do a lot of excavating, but it's designed to let moisture wick right through it so you don't have this runoff during rain. And with those pavers you know they don't have nearly the heat retention either so there are some new technologies and pavers that help keep them cooler as well color is a big part of that though i have to say on the drive home from vegas yesterday i generally do not have my radio turned on I'm thinking. And Jennifer turned on, what What was that station? The Alan Jackson station? Alan Jackson. I really enjoyed that. That was fun. <laughs> that was some good, George Strait. Like if, if I'm listening to the radio, 99 times out of 100, it's just symphony music. Just no words. It just lets my mind roll through a thought processes. Or I don't have it on at all. But well, your brain or the music? Listen, yeah, right, right. No, thank you. Sorry, it's a guy <laughs> yeah. thing. I've heard I you can think about up, nothing. Is I? that true? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but rolling through Joshua Tree National Forest with Alan Jackson uh, leading the way, that, I really enjoyed that, babe. Thank you very much sure. for setting that up. Let's see if we can get to. Oh man, we are loaded up with plumbing questions, plumbing this and plumbing that. Um, and, and we're going to see, because plumbing is one of the categories I'm the weakest on, we're reaching out to the lifeline, and we're going to bring one of the Rosie certified plumbers in. But before we do, let me, let me just take one minute. And, Jennifer, we were talking about organizing. And uh, I, I couldn't get you out of that booth in Las Vegas. Oh, the Reva shelf? Yeah. Oh, man. If you haven't... If you're getting ready to organize or redo a kitchen or whatever, you have to look at the products at Revashelf. Absolutely uh, stunning. You, the time it can save you, the organization it adds, and also a lot of um, life worth living in place applications. And we actually have a company right here in Phoenix that does a similar product. They actually manufacture right up at Anthem called Shelves That Slide. And they've got uh, YouTube uh, help tips on how to even measure them and install them. And it's just converting base empty cabinets or with fixed or adjustable shelves into slide outs and organizers. And one of the things uh, I like to think I invented years ago is in Jennifer's bathroom, we have cabinets and they're not new. They're, they're the same cabinets that were in the house when the house was built in 1966. But we put a drawer in that old cabinet that allowed Jennifer to set her curling iron and her blow dryer with an electrical receptacle mounted in the back. So none of that ever has to be out on the counter. Well, now they've got drawers specially designed with uh, 
blow dryer holsters and, and curling iron receivers and metal liners to retard and repel the heat. If you like the minimalist look, they're really, really helpful in getting all the clutter out of your spaces. And one of the one of the things I loved about it is when you close the drawer, it times the receptacle out. That would have saved me like a hundred trips home. That Jennifer, that, that would save home? us. That would save us a thousand dollars in gas, turning <laughs> around and driving back to the house, so you could run to the back of the house and see if you turned your curling iron off or not. Yeah, we would always know it's off. But I thought that was brilliant. The the devices that time out, close the drawer, the electric device goes dead. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Just one of the little things that we picked up. At the Kitchen and Bath Show, the International Building Show, and the Hardware Show. Now, we've got a load of plumbing questions. We've reached out to our Rosie Certified Plumber at Isley's Home Services. We're going to get George on the line here, and we're going to take him through all of these. Romy, do you think we can take one or two before we go to break? And hopefully George will hold on and take us through the rest. All right, let's get started. Get George online. Lock it. And then the first one is we're going to start with John, who is house-sitting and keeps getting air in his water line. Good morning, John. Good morning. Go ahead and ask your question. Okay, I got this side hustle I just started with my neighbors who take off. And every week I go into their house and turn on their water faucet and flush the toilets and keep everything running. Good. And one house, I keep getting air in the hot water line. All right. Well, run it for 10 minutes and the air, you know, it'll finally bleed out. But then next week, it's back. Okay. Well, let me introduce you to Mr. George Cathy of Isley's Home Service, the service manager. George, thanks for letting us intrude on your Saturday morning. What did, what would you tell John? Uh, good morning. First, first and foremost, um, from my experience, with the typical cause of that is uh, the anode rod inside of the water heater. As it deteriorates, sometimes it kind of um, creates a gas that can accumulate inside of the water. And whenever the water is turned on, you know you get that uh, little sputtering of air coming out of the faucets. Okay. Is that- I got to add that to my database. I, I did. Boy, I'm glad we had a lifeline. I I'm thought glad. he was going to say you got a leak somewhere. I'm, I'm glad All George. Right. I'm glad George picked that phone up. And George, we've got other plumbing questions lined up here for you. So please hold on. We'll- on the house glad you're in uh, on board uh, right now we have we have reached out to one of our certified plumbers to help us with a series of plumbing questions that came in one two three four so let's see if we can bring them back on air and take these questions all right continuing down the list let's now go to alan on a water heater yes sir How's, good morning everybody i'm uh changing out my hot water tank today and yeah he's talking stuff. If you don't oh. hear him, it's sorry. We got something wrong with Rosie's headset. Um, 
go ahead and start your okay. question over, oh, Alan. Wow. I'm sorry. Okay. So I'm changing out my water tank again um, because it beat me to it before it started leaking. It's on a pedestal. It's an electric one. Do I need to keep that pedestal? And do I need an expansion tank? I don't have one. Uh, I don't know if it's good to be put, put in that at this time or not. Okay, after your first question, as far as it being on a pedestal, is it in in the garage or where is the water heater located? In a, it's in the garage and it's on electric. I guess. Okay. So yes, um, because um, the garage, you know, people tend to store combustibles in the garage. It is required for it to be on a pedestal. It's because okay. you know, if someone set a paint can or anything like that, and typically. Um, flammable fumes are going to settle down low to the ground, so keeping it on the pedestal above you know, 18 inches will prevent that from happening. Okay. And then what about the expansion tank? The expansion tank is definitely something that's advised because it can take a lot of stress off the off the plumbing system and the hot water heater. Um, a lot of, not every city requires it uh, for cold, but it is definitely something that and what would, okay. for anyone listening, what would the point of the expansion tank be? So, of course, anytime water or anything is heated, it wants to expand. But being inside of a, a water heater, you know, it's inside of a, a vessel, so it really has no room to expand. So that water, while having an expansion tank, has somewhere for the water to expand into. Without that, you know, it's literally stretching the metal inside your, your plumbing, inside the water heater, and just adding unnecessary stress to the system, which can cause premature failure of the water heater and, you know, leaky faucets and, and things of that sort. All right. Alan, we pre- appreciate the call. Does that answer your question? Yeah, great. Appreciate you guys, too. Thanks. Our pleasure. All right. We got one more uh, water-related question. Keith? Welcome to the program, and as we run through these calls, lines are opening up, one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Keith, go ahead and tell us about your situation. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I live in the West Valley in a county island out in the Goodyear area, and the home that we have has a septic system. Well, there is an irrigation ditch, all the properties out here, our water with flood irrigation and the previous owners we didn't know this until uh, a little while ago ran the drain from the washing machine into the irrigation canal well our problem is it's worked okay for now but the city is going to widen the road and they're going to replace that ditch with piping so now my my question is is there some kind of a gray water septic system or is there any other options that we can are, uh, look into? I'm sorry, go ahead. Are you, are you still on the septic? Yes, we're still on the septic system. Okay. Um, not necessarily like a gray water septic system, nothing like that exists as far as I know that's specifically for gray water. It is okay to, you know, tie it into the existing septic system so that it can drain into there. You just have to, of course, be careful of what type of chemicals you put down it just so you don't kill your beneficial bacteria. Uh, or you can also just treat the septic system regularly by adding 
those types of um, bacteria and enzymes back to it. But I think the easiest way would be to tie it right back into the existing septic system. It'd definitely be the most affordable, as aside from trying to put a different type of septic in for sure. I think uh, the problem that um, we're running into is the septic system is in the front of the property. And originally, the washer and dryer were in the closet inside the house, but they moved it to the opposite side of the house in the garage and sits in the back. So I don't, I'm not sure how easy it would be to tie uh, that in. The drain, the, the septic the, in the front. The drain never got yeah. extended to where they moved the washer. I, uh, how many septics do you find in the front of the house? <laughs> well, that's very good. <laughs> I think the first thing Keith should do is get a hold of Maricopa County and verify that discharging surface gray water is approved. There's a lot of areas that's not approved. Um, and then it would not be too hateful. Uh, to That's not a very big drain line that needs to be run. It's not like a three-inch line or four-inch line, but an inch and a quarter, inch and a half. Um, uh, Check with Maricopa County and see if surface draining it is legal. I know they made some modifications to that requirement about eight or nine years ago, but I'm sorry to say I don't know the details. So George from Isley's has joined us for the last three plumbing questions. Really appreciate it. We call that Rosie's lifeline when people are calling in with questions I'm not comfortable addressing because I don't know it as well as I should. Uh, plumbing isn't one I've ever tried to learn. We count on guys like George <laughs> from Isley's Home Services. Just to, And so you'll know if you need to reach George, uh, Isley's is 480-422-5949. Are you going to give him George's cell phone number, the one we used no, to call him on, on the weekends? No, no. <laughs> we'll save you that, George, but that's the number to Isley's uh, office if you need uh, plumbing work for sure. Oh, man. All right. We were talking about a question. Another question came in. A guy wants to know, can I mount a grab bar to a travertine-tiled shower? Well, the question, the answer is yes, you can. But here's a few things I would want you to know about. One, you're going to need it. I would recommend you go ahead and spend the money for a special bit, okay, that's made for cutting glass, tile, and travertine. That's going to set you back about 20 bucks, but I would tell you to do it. And hopefully the travertine doesn't go to the ceiling. Hopefully it stops at seven foot. And you can get a Franklin stud sensor and find where the studs are behind that. You do not want to mount a grab bar to the travertine and the sheetrock. That would be a very bad thing to do. When you mount that grab bar, you're going to want it anchored into the stud. So I would take my Franklin, Franklin stud sensor. I'd scroll it across the top of the travertine. I'd identify where the studs are and just mark on the travertine in pencil. Then I'd use a level and hope the framer was, was somewhat consistent in, in standing it up with level studs. And then I would take a very, very small drill, like eighth inch, and I'd drill in to see if I could test to see if exactly where that stud is. At that point, you'd use a special bit that's made just for cutting tile and glass. And the trick with it is don't point that bit straight into the tile. Kind of angle it a little bit so that cutting edge can catch and not 
Uh, a lot of times when you put it straight on, you turn the drill on, then the drill crawls across the face of what you're trying to do and leaves the scratch marks all over it. You find where you want to drill the hole and then angle the drill a little bit so the edge, the cutting edge of the bit bites in. As soon as it bites in, then you even the drill out, point it in straight, go in, do not drill into the two by four, just get through the travertine, get through the drywall and touch the stud. Once you do that, then you can get in there and anchor that towel bar and uh, grab bar. And the thing about the grab bar is it's probably not going to be a perfect 16 or 24 inches in length. You're going to have to put it at a little bit of an angle so you can at least get two screws per side into anchored well. And I mean anchored well. I'd go three, three and a half inch screw to anchor it into the stud, okay? So there's all the tricks and tips about mounting a grab bar to a tile or travertine wall. All right. <clears throat> Text question, t uh, trivia question for four passes to Arizona State Parks. Uh, we had asked a question in our weekly email newsletter that goes out on Thursday. Which state park is located six miles south of Safford? And is and sits at the base of Mount Graham. Now this ties into where our February staycation is going, which is Safford, Arizona. So what state park is right there? Now you have to listen carefully. It's six miles south of Safford because there's two state parks really close to Safford. Text that question to four one one nine two three, and we'll pick a random right winner to to send you four passes to any Arizona state park. That includes parking. Yes. Good for the whole year. Yes. Good for the whole year. got a long year. time to use it. So. All right. Now let's get to James next on the line at one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Good morning, James. Hi, guys. How are you today? Good. Thank you. I just have a question. This has been driving us crazy. We live out in North Peoria, up around 83rd Avenue in Deer Valley. And we've had our home for about 10 years. Um, and there's just this funky smell that we cannot get rid of coming out of the shower drain. It happens periodically, but you could count on it every time you take a shower. But it won't start until you're probably, you know, 10 minutes into your shower. And then it's like it starts to come back up, and, man, it smells like the sewer. Um, I had the city of Peoria come out. They said they were going to have their guys do something in the street, but that hasn't helped. So I'm just looking for any suggestion you may have. Have you had a plumber come out and do any kind of a scoping or camera work of that particular drain? No, we haven't had that. I was wondering, should I have them do like the main drain and just kind of do the whole? I'm not sure how all that works. So well, I'm a little confused with that. Tell, tell me what is the shower material? Is it uh, plexiglass, fiberglass, tile? Well, it's, a, it's just a little stand-up shower. Um, so it's a shower-bath combo. So you stand in it, you got just enough room to wash, kind of, but it's a glass shower wall with just a fiberglass tub. And it's, you know, it's, it's probably got a, a four-inch uh, little border around the bottom of the tub. And I'm sorry, how old is the house, James? Uh, it was uh, built in 98. Okay. Um, well, let, let me, and that's the only place in the whole house you're picking this odor up, and it only occurs 10 minutes into the shower. Right, and but you know it does happen periodically, but less often in the kitchen sink because there. Are, if you looked at our house, it's kind of long, so 
it seems like that water line runs all the way down the length from the kitchen all the way into the the master bathroom. Okay, now you give doesn't you, do that. It doesn't do that in okay. the front bathroom. You just you just gave me a couple you gave me a couple hints I needed. A long house. The long axis, is it running east and west or north and south? North and south. Okay. And is the odor occurring on the east side of the house? West side. West side. That's extremely peculiar because in our, in, in, in our orientation in Arizona, I would think those vents located on the east side would be experiencing some positive pressure. Uh, I, would, I would tell you that you might want to extend the sewer vent pipes up on the roof. And see, if that doesn't solve it, you can do it by going to any hardware store and buy a piece of four-inch ABS pipe um, and and just slip it over the existing vents that are up there on your roof and see if just getting it elevated a little bit doesn't solve it. If that doesn't solve it, the fiberglass, I would get a camera down that fiberglass drain and check to see that the drain integrity is still good. After that, then we can go to a odor mitigation fan on the exhaust vents. And then our water specialist, John Owens of Connecticut Water, says he would bet on it being the anode rod. You know, they do off-gas okay. that smell when they go bad as an indicator that, hey, uh, you need to change me. So the anode rod is located in your water heater. I don't know how old your water heater uh, is, James, but... Uh, if it's over about 10 years old and you don't have a water treatment system on it, that anode rod's probably definitely uh, gone. So check that as well. And the correct answer was Roper Lake State Park. We got a lot of correct answers. In fact, we didn't get a single wrong answer. Whoa. Impressive. So Smart it, listeners. And these passes are good for any of the 35 Arizona State Parks. You don't have to go to Roper Lake. It was just tied into where our next staycation winner will go, which you can register for at ArizonaStaycation.com. We send a listener once a month to some destination in Arizona, and they get to drive a Sanderson Ford that weekend so they don't put the miles on their car. You get a gift card, and we do our best to make accommodation arrangements for the weekend. So that's the... Arizona staycation, so you can get out and enjoy this beautiful state because you're a Rosie on the House listener. You've kept your home up to date, and you can manage to get away for the weekend because you're not loaded up with a bunch of chores. Let's finish out. Let's see. Let's squeeze Jerry into the conversation uh, before we wrap up this hour. Welcome to the program, sir. And pleasant good morning. Um, I might... Heater and air conditioner uh, combination. Uh, I had Reese out here uh, about six months ago, and they did some adjustments uh, on the thermostat and everything. And when I turn the heat off in the morning, the uh, fan runs permanently. It runs all day and all night. And I was wondering, is that supposed to be? Or, or for some reason, I remember I thought you guys spoke about um, the fan should be on, but I, I'm just concerned only because it's running 24 hours a day, the fan. Okay, the Jerry, there are, there are times and particular problems where constant fan running is good. If the occupant of the house needs better air filtration, we run the fan constantly. Uh, or if there are hot and cold spots in the house, that's one strategy to eliminate the hot and cold spots. 
But if we're not fighting either one of those two things, then we've obviously had something malfunction. And if Rius installed it, uh, I would give them a call and let them know, was, was there a reason? On the thermostat himself, it's a programmable thermostat. Jerry, can you see is the fan on, on manual mode or is it reading auto and still running full time? Auto. It's on auto. Okay, that we've got a malfunction in the system itself. Give Rius a call and see if they can help you out. Boy, we had a packed show today. What are your takeaways? Uh, let's talk real quick about our hashtag. Yeah, our hashtag was pantry organization. We have a great DIY article written on that. So, um, and actually, it was kind of close to home because we just redid our pantry after Christmas. I, I couldn't hardly even walk. Beautiful in there anymore. job, babe. So, um, and we have party tomorrow. Or today. Oh, actually. yeah. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah that's I had to get the it cleaned day. up. That's so best thing to do is rip it all out and assess what's in there. I had too many things in there. I had stuff uh, like different appliances and baking sheets and stuff that I don't use on a daily basis. So I put those in really nice buckets and labeled them and put them out in the garage and then rearranged the food. And great ways to do that would be um, the cloth baskets and you label them. And then there's a little... Um, step-ups that you put on the shelf so when you put your cans in you can see them you're not digging through every time Um, and then just um, one tip I really liked was I bought um, a multi can um, it's clear plastic sits on the shelf multi compartments and you put just what you would have for breakfast in there so I have our breakfast stuff in there so instead of digging on the first second and third shelf just pull that out and everything we like for breakfast is right there the biggest tips I have for pantry storage is try and organize your pantry where nothing is on the floor. And all your shelving is wire rack shelving. So that when your grandkids come over and reach up to the third shelf and spill the cornflakes, it drops all the way through to the floor and you know it's happened. If it's a plywood shelf, and that might be just a little bit over someone's eye level, that cornflake could be spilled back there for months before it's discovered. And I'm only teasing grandchildren because they're here in the studio this morning. Uh, If anybody spills anything on a plywood shelf in a pantry, it could be there for a long time to encourage mold, ants, uh, you know, roach infestation. Pantry shelving, in my opinion, should all be wire rack shelving. Let anything that's spilled drop through and go all the way to the floor. Put nothing on your floor, and then you'll know if something has accidentally been tipped over or spilled. Makes a big difference in pantry cleanliness. Well, it saves sure. you, and it saves you a ton of time when you know where things are. <laughs> that 8 o'clock hour was fantastic. Yes. With Nick Kenny and Julie Murphy and Arizona Farm Bureau. I'm going to listen to that. I usually don't listen to our, old, our complete podcast again, but oh my gosh. 9 o'clock hour with everything we brought back or a few tips and product we found at the Builder Show and the 10 o'clock here where we were answering your calls. You know what? Don't get scared because we're going to be back and do it all over again. 